Today we're looking at VR game demos, specifically Against and Detour Bus. We'll be talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, and what it takes to make game demos, as well as the impact game demos can have on players. Hello and welcome to Head Mounted Destinations, a podcast about VR and VR game development. We provide our perspectives as developers and give you a peek behind the curtain into how VR games are made. I'm your friendly neighborhood host and game designer, Carlos, and with me as always... Hello, I'm Matt. I'm a gameplay programmer. Recently, I saw three demos called out on Reddit from the Steam Fest. Steam Fest, in case you don't know, is a digital showcase of games and development, often featuring many downloadable demos. This encourages players to follow or wishlist the things they enjoyed, and it also makes it far easier to actually get hands-on time with the games, as opposed to, say, cons or trailers. I mentioned I saw three demos, but for today's episode, we're only going to be focusing on two. Those two games are Against and Detour Bus. For players... Downloadable game demos are great, especially for VR. It's really hard to know how a game is actually going to play just from watching a 2D trailer video. But it can be pretty rough for developers to put out demos. I think that's the hidden side of things that people don't know about or see. So demos from a developer point of view are basically these like small snippets of gameplay, whether it be like something actually existing in your game that you decide to spruce up and add a couple of things to for a demo, or it might be something that's like a complete Frankenstein of like, here's an encounter from this mission early in the game, here's an encounter from this boss fight that happens like three quarters through the game, but they're all trying to show off this basically like vertical slice idea of like here's everything the game has to offer plus a little bit of potential so that you want to actually like buy the game the thing is that if it takes you know however many years to make the game every demo takes at least like two maybe three months to like polishing up this little like five minute piece of game that's not actually even going to be in the final product and is now taking away time from the final product It can be good to polish a small part of the game up in order to see how it all works together, but we sort of already do that often in development with something called a vertical slice, which you mentioned, which is as part of the process, it's like, hey, let's take one element of everything throughout the game and get it up to shippable quality so we can make sure the art interacts with the game design interacts with the sound design, like it all meshes properly together because you don't want to get to the finish line and realize it sort of doesn't work together. However, demos have all this stuff on top of that. Like you has to teach the player how to play the game. So now you're making a tutorial that's not the actual tutorial for the game. And it kind of has to have like an arc of progression. It has to start somewhere and then get a little more complicated or have some payoff so that the player comes away having had a good experience. And of course, you're probably not going to have that arc in the final game because it doesn't make sense uh, contextually within the larger game. And then, of course, your content is still in development. And so if you're cutting this demo build sometime during development, that content's probably going to change. So you're doing all this work to polish something up and then it's just going to get thrown out because for other reasons, you're probably going to end up changing that. Right. And additionally, the bug fixing is like such a major time sink too. like typically, you know, the big bug fixing efforts are towards the end of the game. Um, You're bug fixing throughout for sure. But when you're making a demo, it's almost like you go into release bug fixing mode for like a very short period because 
to a fair extent, you are releasing the game, right? Like this snippet, this chunk of gameplay, right? It's going to, whether it's on a demo disc or being downloaded or or what have you, uh, if it is getting into people's hands that aren't the developers, then developers more often than not put in a lot of time to like have the QA team or themselves break the demo every way they can and then like solidify that because it makes your game and your company kind of look bad if you have a very buggy, you know, hard to play because of literal stability uh, demo. Exactly. You're trying to make a good first impression with the player with this demo that you're cutting from an in-development build but people don't realize that games often feel pretty bad or have lots of bugs until fairly late in development because like as professionals developers can often look at something and realize yeah there's fun here but we need to sand off all these rough edges and smooth it down and polish it up Um, so in order to release a demo to the public you know you have to go and you have to fix all these bugs that normally you might fix later and you have to account for the fact that if you're releasing a demo on pc there's a bunch of different hardware out there and now you have to deal with all these hardware specific bugs potentially where oh well it didn't manifest on any of the dev machines but when you play it on this particular graphics card it breaks um and (laughs) you know that's like for for vr it's headsets right it's people are going to play this on the most esoteric headset they're going to play it on windows mixed reality headsets they're going to play it on you know whatever whereas as developers you're probably working on one or two models of a headset and that everyone has right probably like oculus quest with link or maybe index or or vive something common ish like that like you got to make your game work on oculus quest one as well as quest two as well as the mixed reality headset as well as like the og vive versus like vive pro versus uh what's it called index i remember i don't know if this still happens but wasn't there like some weird bug where like the vive pro if you like or activated its controllers or synced its controllers it like unsynced everything around it with a bluetooth connection oh i forgot about that no it was the cosmos i think the vive cosmos yes yeah where it would literally like if you used it in a certain way it would nuke every other headset in the vicinity (laughs) it wouldn't permanently break them but it would like shut them down (laughs) (laughs) so all that being said it's actually quite easy to make a demo that poorly showcases your game Um, and these are in development games that are seem fairly early in development so it's especially hard to make demos in in that kind of scenario Um, so we're not going to be judging these as pictures of what the final game will be but rather in development tastes of the game we're not going to judge them too harshly on where they fall down in terms of polish or first time user experience because that stuff is often cobbled together and really isn't a good indicator of what the final experience will be. All right, so let's start talking about against. This is a, I want to call it a Reddit sweetheart right now. It's a first-person action runner set in a noir nightmare world. So everything is, uh, you know, the black and white noir kind of like, ah, I was walking down the alley, had a cigarette in my mouth, then I saw this dame getting hit by a bad guy, see? And like, but now you are kind of like almost like temple runner in the middle of that. So you're like, you're running through the noir streets, grabbing these like a uh, sword or a gun or brass knuckles and like doing these different kinetic actions to associate with that and you can even have the ability to wall run in certain sections which is pretty cool matt what did you think about this game 
Yeah, so it obviously has a lot of resemblances to existing games that are quite popular. Uh, you know, Pistol Whip, you are moving in a straight line through this level as bad guys come up to you and then you take them down. Um, it has, you know, those Beat Saber elements where it'll have arrows that you have to swipe in a certain direction. Um, it has until you fall energy with I have to duck in a particular direction to dodge an attack or I have to swipe in a particular direction to cut an enemy with my sword. I think one of the interesting things that this does on top of like that existing base of concepts is it switches up the modes so it'll be hey now it's brass knuckles time okay now you're punching enemies in the face now you have a sword now it's block bullets with your katana and then slice enemies now you have a gun now you're shooting at range um and it also does the changing your position in the level which pistol whip doesn't do but there's points where you like run up on the side of a building in order to dodge some cars or jump up onto a building and i think all combined especially with the cinematic music it had a very dark cinematic soundtrack rather than sort of like more poppy songs we hear yeah pistol whip or beat saber i think all of that combined it felt really great i liked it a lot more than i thought i was gonna like it you know it was some point in the middle level where I was doing these smooth motions of just like blocking two bullets and then slicing two guys and then, you know, taking down a third guy or like a cutting down like a magical basilisk. Like there was mm-hmm. some point there where I was like, oh, this is the same feeling you get when you're into it in until you fall. But it's also more curated like a pistol whip level. And I, I was just like, oh, yeah, OK, I, I, I would buy this. I agree. I think this is definitely my favorite game of the group of demos that we played. It absolutely hits all these notes that you just really love, like mild parkour, plus this like rhythmic, you know, running and attacking. Although it's not necessarily a music rhythm game, it might have music rhythm elements. I didn't really like feel it all too much. Like the background music felt more like just background music. It didn't feel like the track that I needed to sync to. But like that being said, I totally got into that flow that um, we talked about, you know, showing things off between, you know, videos and not it not really showing VR well. And I would see these GIFs from Reddit and be like, oh, man, that looks kind of flowy and cool. And like, as I was playing it, I was like, oh, shit, I kind of like have that feeling now, like that sort of theoretical sensation I had looking at like the GIF of like what this game was like playing it I now actually had the real feeling and was like oh wow this is actually flowy it's it feels good and has like flowy might not be the right word it's more like I guess a chunky milkshake like you get like really smooth good like ice cream for a bit and then a nice like big rock of like crushed oreo in your straw and that's like that's the big punctuating moments of like you know jumping onto a wall shooting a bad guy out of a car and then like grabbing your sword and ducking under something and slicing it in half so i really dug this but the only probably two things that like really turned me off and are making me heavily consider not buying this game was the the fact that everything was kind of like nightmarish and like angry at me and red glowing eyes and stuff that sort of had me like inherently kind of sweating like i just didn't feel comfortable in the space and that's totally fine that's absolutely fine you can go ahead and you know make your player feel uncomfortable if you want but at the point near the end of the demo where a like two van tall massive skinny non-hairy spider appeared 
and then decided to stand right in front of me within my interpersonal space bubble and then decided to like use its big scary like fucking slender legs to like stab me over and over i understand mechanically great job you guys took the snake mechanic you guys took the like bullet you know deflecting mechanic and you you know you put that onto the spider like good game design there as an arachnophobe fuck you a hundred percent fuck you so hard you didn't even give me a goddamn warning that like the fucking spider was going to be in the game sure futuristic games have little spider bots that's fine and some other more abstract art games have like their abstract spiders in there which i don't like to begin with now playing this fucking nightmare noir game it's like great the thing of my nightmares actually like comes out onto the screen and to some extent that's probably a really good selling point but to me i want to throw off the fucking headset i don't want to buy your game yeah so that opens an interesting discussion about accessibility in general because you could consider arachnophobia as being something that would strongly prevent you from playing the game um and so something that i know you really liked about the grounded demo whatever that was on game pass was that it had a slider to like decrease spiderness i don't i, don't, I never used it so i don't know how it works yeah, so this one was kind of weird. I really appreciated that they at least tried to address the issue, right? But in execution, I really don't know how well it worked. So basically, this spider slider, if we want to call it that, in the game Grounded, which is basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, done as a like open-world survival sandbox, uh, there are spiders in this game that when you slide it to like less spidery like more spider sensitive it basically starts like removing legs and then removing i think like the eyes and like the segments of its uh, like the bulbous segments of its body as you get like further and further down the line so eventually they just end up looking like pebbles or like a floating rock like all you'll see is like it's floating fat butt or something like that and that's if you slide the slider all the way to like super safety mode don't show me anything even remotely a spider and when i was playing with my friend on like the first two nights that it was out i had like turned the spider slider about halfway something like that and we were sneaking through this like massive tree stump and it turned out there was like two boss tier wolf spiders in there and i just literally couldn't tell and i i nonchalantly snuck by them thinking they were just like scenery rocks because there were other similarly colored big rocks in the area that weren't wolf spiders those were actually rocks uh, as confirmed by my friend but you could see where that sort of uh that confusion becomes deadly and horrifying <laughs> yeah so maybe this is something to say about like you should be testing your game a lot with different types of people um, yeah. Because like the more people you put in the headset actually playing your game, the more things you will uncover where you didn't expect people to react that way, but then they do. And now you got to account for it. And I, you learn a lot. I suppose it's less important with a game that combines a lot of existing elements. I mean, this is like a very pistol whip, very until you fall. So those are like known elements. Mm -hmm. And maybe that also contributes to how well you were able to get a sense for how the game would feel just by looking at GIFs, because you know you've already felt those similar elements in headset. But it does point to a larger thing of like, if you're just developing your game by testing among developers and posting GIFs to Reddit, you are going to get very different feedback from if you're going out and getting new players and putting them in the game because uh, people will react to gifts in a way that does not necessarily correspond to how they'll react once they're in the headset mm -hmm. absolutely for example 
having this noir black and white color scheme art style looks very cool and and jumps out as a gif you're like oh what is this game this has a neat art style but in the headset at least this is how i felt the black and white art style really flattened out the world and made it less engaging um mm-hmm. and like you know you're you're fully enveloped in this world when you're in the headset and by making it black and white you are reducing a significant amount of sensory input right we are highly visual as humans and then reducing it so that there's basically no color except for red eyes means that you are deprived of a lot of those senses and that can be a strain and it can it can be unpleasant and so it's interesting to note that in later builds, it looks like they are adding in more color and, and making the, the models have more depth and it making it not as flat. Yeah, going back to calling this a Reddit sweetheart, like they are the developers, they are very engaged with their Reddit audience. And I think the first I saw of this like color scheme being added, actual color, like not just noir black and white being added to the game was through a reddit post like after they had either put out the first demo or shown off some you know just gifts of the game now we saw like okay these like wolf-like creatures actually now are becoming werewolves and they're like bluish and you know they're wearing plaid or something like that and like the community engagement side of that like actually reaching out to the community and being like hey do you guys like this like would you want to see more of this or maybe less of this i think that is you know, that's good, but it's certainly not, like, the only answer. Like, I guess I'm going to just double down <laughs> on your point, Matt, and, like, have a broad spectrum, like, a big broad spectrum of players try your game out and, like, study them, like, you know, a scientist, because, you know, I may actually throw the headset off or completely stop playing. Like, in headset, when that spider showed up, I crouched, leaned to the right, assuming that it was going to try and attack me a la until you fall because i already knew that mechanic was in there so i i ducked into a a place where it probably wouldn't attack me and then i just like flailed whatever weapon i had and like eventually that made me win but i literally had my eyes closed like in a vr headset i had to explain how it went down to you afterwards (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I was, that's why I was able to explain the gameplay side earlier. It's just like, yeah, yeah, mechanically, that all sounds great. But in the moment, I was fucking horrified and like didn't want to look at the game. So, and that's, I think that's different from games like, let's say, Cosmo Dread, Dread Halls, Five Nights at Freddy's. I think those are mostly the kind of like, bah, like jump scare, like I cover my eyes for like, you know, one second or something like that. This was literally like, no, like it's in your face for as long as it has to be. Like there's no timer on this. We've stopped you running down the track. Now face it and, and just fucking let it like wail at you. That, that was just like a little much for me. Um, uh, so anyway, <laughs> test your test your game out on a lot of people, like a lot of different types of people. If you can, like build a profile of like who these people are and maybe you can have them like come back and test a new product or like a later build of your game to see how, you know, it has affected them. In summary, Against is a good game. It is not necessarily hyper innovative, but it's taking a lot of well-tested mechanics and combining them in an interesting way and doing a good job of engaging with the community. Yeah, it's definitely worth picking up if you have no issues with spiders or snakes. I highly recommend this game. It is very fun. Let's move on to our second game demo that we played. 
Detour Bus, which is a very different type of game. It's a puzzle game set in a sort of cutesy world. Um, it's very casual in its visual style. Uh, the puzzle game is, let's see, they describe it as snap together inconvenient road pieces to build ridiculously convoluted highways. That sounds accurate. <laughs> yeah, basically, you've got this bus that's a family on a road trip, and they're driving around seeing different points of interest on a map. Like, they're at, what is it, Mount Busmore? Yeah, so this family is on a cross-country trip, and the demo level is called Mount Busmore, which is just this sort of, like, standing room, play space-sized area with, like, several different POIs. There's, like, a Mall of America, like, built into the mountain, and then there's, like, an observatory elsewhere in the map, and there's, like, a fast food court elsewhere in the map. And on your left hand and right hand, you're just randomly getting these like different uh, stretches of highway. They either like are straight, curved, they might like barrel roll on themselves or something like that. And you have to like just click them together until you like get the track to actually connect to the destination. So it's got that kind of like pipe dream sort of gameplay to it. Uh, if you're not familiar with pipe dream you know that's where you like snap together all the pieces to allow like uh liquid to flow from one end of the grid to the other uh and you're just kind of like rotating them well i think it differs there in that it the the play is like quite shallow in my opinion yeah i agree right now it is yeah i don't want to like harsh on it too hard because like it it had an okay amount of flow of just like okay like snap rotate snap rotate like you know it didn't feel super bad but the choices that it presented to the player i think fell short of being interesting for the length of time that i was doing them mm -hmm. you basically have two options of road pieces and those road pieces twist a certain amount along their axis or uh have a bend of some amount and you can snap that one end to the the road that you're building and then rotate it along one other axis. So you can basically create a fold in the road. And at least I found that what this led to is when I'm far away from my target and I need to get there, doesn't really matter. I'm just sort of like snapping and then bending as far as I can until I get yep. close. And then I'm spending an inordinate amount of time trying to actually get precisely on target because i only have two options and like a limited degree to which i can alter the, the road direction and most of these roads are fairly like long pieces when you do get to that last little stretch like every piece of road is just like three quarters too big for that final like couple of feet that you need to make it right you end up making basically a big old knot of floating road trying to get in precisely in the right direction i think that is fun gameplay i think that is a fun moment that they should lean into but where the game is right now it doesn't lean into that it feels like it leans against it because my road because i have to like so for so long unnaturally like not up my road and then ultimately just have this like weird road that juts halfway into the mall like the family is gonna fucking crash through the front door or something right so maybe something like you're trying to build as long a road as possible within a small space and you're trying to like loop it back in on itself as many times without running into the existing road oh yeah if we want to talk about how to make this like more engaging just add small wrinkles like look at beat saber that is a good example of like low-hanging fruit ways you can 
create challenge or at least variety in your gameplay, right? So with Beat Saber, it was like as simple as move your arms so much that you go this distance, move your arms so little that you don't go beyond this distance or like hit X number of blocks. This could apply to Detour Bus in that, oh, the challenge for this level is you must place 20 pieces of road before you get to this destination or, you know, you must not build a road this long or you must build a road this long so it's not about number of pieces it's now about the literal like distance traveled and that's what makes the whole like not at the end extra tense right you're trying to like streamline your road as fast as you can so that like now this knotted part doesn't take so much distance and you don't fail your challenge uh, maybe even adding in power-ups you know a time limit potentially uh maybe breakaway roads that like oh if you decide to place like too many pieces of road like and you know your road isn't your road panel isn't going to be touched for x amount of time maybe it breaks and you got to like replace it before the car gets there or something like that right so basically the two pathways would be changing up the core mechanical loop or changing up the objective, which changes why players are making the decision that they're making. Yeah. Um, I guess it's worth noting this is a student project, so it's hard to give them too much flack. I mean, damn, they put together a, a game. And it's a fun, cool idea. Like, big kudos to those yeah. guys. Like, in no condescending way, this is a fun game. It is just too shallow right now to warrant me buying it or spending longer than, say, an hour with it. Like, right now, it feels okay to play for probably, like, 10 to 20 minutes. And I honestly want to play a game like this for longer than that. Like, I actually enjoyed hearing the family's banter back and forth. I thought that was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. And... Like the world you mentioned had this uh like casual aesthetic. I, I, I guess we're talking more of like bright colors, pastel colors, soft shapes and stuff like that. Like I really like that. And um I feel like it's been a while since I've had a game that heavily utilizes the immediate space around me. Like I feel like when I was building out my road and looking through it, I felt like I was playing Tilt Brush for the first time again. To some extent, right? I was yeah. like, look on my creation. I can see it at every like 360 degree angles. And I'm like putting my hand through it or my head through it. And that all is like cool. And I could see myself doing that a lot more with these fun, cutesy diorama sets that I'm building highways through. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, if y'all are still going to keep working on Detour Bus and release it, like, please put some meat on those bones. Right. I guess our main complaint really is not that it's shallow, because to some extent, most demos are shallow, but it's that as a demo, it doesn't do what a demo should, which is give you a little taste and then be like, all right, we're done. Right. It takes this one mechanical loop that is a little bit shallow and just has you do it a bunch until you're tired of it rather than getting you interested in it you're like oh okay what, what could i do with this and then maybe like throwing one twist in of like and now you have to work around this other modifier or something and you're like ooh, interesting and then it ends and you're like okay i get it there's this basic loop and then they're gonna build stuff on top of it like that that's a better demo than use this one mechanic for 20 minutes or 
30 minutes right exactly like that first level or rather the demo level felt like the literal first level of the game like just the the tutorial and not even the sort of vertical slice tutorial it's literally the oh you need to learn how to baby step right now Mm -hmm. where in most demos even if they're picking the very first level they vertical slice it so that it's like the first 10 seconds you're learning how to baby step then the next 10 seconds you're learning how to walk then the next 10 you're learning how to run you know so on and so forth this game doesn't do that that's what we're saying this game just says hey here's how to baby walk and then you baby walk like throughout the rest of the game and we could be you know totally misreading this game and there could be power-ups that get introduced or like floor modifiers and things like that that get introduced in like the following levels you know they presented this whole like uh multi-snow globe like world map thing and some of the pictures from the steam page look interesting they look like something that's fun that i want to play but there's nothing teasing me to actually go out and buy this game as far as i know as far as both of us know this game is simply that like 10 minute loop of just snap 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 i made it to a destination for five or six worlds yeah you brought up the main menu mechanic briefly there we can talk a little bit about how it was awkward this is like a little bit tangential to the actual point of like demos and its gameplay because it really is it's just a ui interaction this is about the very first impression that your demo has on a player because this menu was the first thing i engaged with and i became very confused and thought maybe something broke yeah so to paint a picture for the listener you start off and you're holding a road and it's like super stretched and you're like okay what like what do i do with this and well your hand is a cloud mat so you're not you're technically (laughs) not holding a road your hand your controllers are represented as like little clouds and then a road is sticking out of that cloud yeah um and then there's this like semicircle of little yeah i guess snow globes that are levels but most of them are locked and you're supposed to choose the first level And you do that by attaching the road to a middle hub and then rotating it to, like, face the target uh, level. The attach point as well is, like, the opposite end of the road. It's not the end that's in your hand. It's the end that's on the other side. Uh, And so you kind of have to, like, I don't know. I I likened it to maybe fencing. Like, you got to do a fencing stab at, (laughs) like, the family car in order to snap the road there. And then you get this you get this weird like horizontal bending which like i don't even know if i really noticed that as like a possibility in the actual playable level but like yeah you got to take this like long linear road and then it's basically like the long arm on a clock right on a clock face you just like rotate it in a semicircle till it reaches the uh snow globe that you want to actually go to which is the first level it's worth praising the attempt maybe to use the core mechanic as the yeah. ui interaction mechanic yeah i really like that two things i really like about you know the first impression main menu is one is giving me a kind of like mildly traversable space that is fun and like concise two using your main mechanics within the main menu like or using your main mechanics just like as the way of like confirming or denying something i really appreciate that it's it's cool i guess it's less of an issue now that the like quote laser pointer way of interacting with menus Mm -hmm. is just so accepted in vr so you kind of can do it without a second thought but if you have a interesting or especially like kinesthetically interesting core mechanic using that 
as your way of progressing through the main menu can teach the player about the motion before even getting into the game. Uh, so one example would be like, if your game is based around a slingshot, you can use that slingshot to choose options in the menu versus teach them to do a laser pointer motion. And then you have to teach them a totally separate motion in the first level of the game. But in this case, I don't think the nature of the core kinesthetic mechanic warranted doing that. To wrap this all up into a nice succinct point, I think it is fair to say, make your demo show off the best parts of your game as well as their potential. But also through your demo, give the player a sense of progression. It doesn't have to be everything. It could be just a narrative progression. It could be like a mechanical complication, right? Like you, you have a gun and then you learn how to use it better and in different contexts until eventually you're a gun master. It could be, you know, other types of progression, right? But basically create a journey for your player to go through in your demo that shows off what's in your game and what's soon to come if they buy the game. Most importantly, Make sure they actually end the demo wanting more because otherwise they're not going to buy the game. Or in this case, I guess wishlist the game because these are in development games. And the whole goal of this festival is to get wishlists so that in the future when the game releases, people buy it. If you liked this episode of Head Mounted Destinations, please share it with your friends. Word of mouth really helps us out. To get notified about new episodes, go to headmountedpodcast.com and sign up for our email list. You can listen to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to discuss this episode or suggest future topics, visit our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash headmountedpodcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you at the next Head Mounted Destination.